Are you a leader in customer success, pre-sales, professional services, support? Do you work behind the scenes and roll up your sleeves to make sure that customers are happy? Renew. Then this is for you. Welcome to the GSD Podcast. Welcome to the GSD Podcast. Getting it done. Services, success, and software. We'll talk with the pros that have been in the trenches, getting service teams off the ground, launching new types of groups to service customers, or running agencies that don't have a product attached to it. For the pros, by the pros. This is the GSD Podcast, and this is your host, Jeff Kushmerick. You know, and, you know, many people throw shit about that, but that's okay. <laughs> but remember, people, shade is meant for lounging, not for throwing, but it's okay. <laughs> Daniel, are we good to go? Yep, we're good to go. You sound great. Um, so Daniel, yeah, I sound sniffly, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw. Well, you know, a breaks. You know, we'll, we'll, we can edit anything out. I'll, but uh, how about um, how about you introduce yourself? Uh, and just a quick note before you do that, Daniel and I got connected via LinkedIn, um, and we started talking about authentic customer experience and lots of other stuff. And I was just like, "Hey, let's hold off on that conversation until we can record it." And here we are, a few weeks later. And um, and uh, so, talk about yourself, your company, and um, and then we can get into some of these topics. Absolutely. Thanks for having me today, Jeff. Um, my name is Daniel. I'm originally from the Philippines, <laughs> but my roots come from the southern part of the United States, so we're southern. Got <laughs> <And> Crisco <laughs> running in my veins. Um, I've been in the customer service and sales field for more than a decade now. Um, started with a traditional billing and sales. For those of you who had mobile phones before, well, till now, but the traditional mobile phones before. Um, and I just eventually grew into this, you know, from, from doing customer service to promoting promoting customer service um that's what i do now that's what i'm passionate about yeah no and, and it comes through um absolutely and, and we started talking about this whole authentic customer experience and we started talking about ltv and all these other items in there and everything and so i remember when you started talking i'm like i can just tee up the subject for daniel and he can just get going on this. Uh, where, where did this you, passion Jeff. where did this passion for making sure that your customers' experiences are authentic. Because not everybody thinks like that. I know it's shocking, but some people, it's a job. I just want to see these people get launched and loaded, and then they'll renew. So, You know, it's so funny because many people think that, yeah, you get paid for that job, and that's that was me before. I yeah. sat in that seat, and I was doing it for the job. I really never cared for it, honestly. I mean, you know, I was just going to pay for it. But <laughs> until I became the customer that desperately needed help, until I became that person who was charged multiple charges on my phone bill yeah and i was seeking for help and i was just getting the runaround and they would keep on telling me that they're sorry until it sounded like it was a sarcastic sorry and i said to myself or like when my Whoa. daughters say sorry to each other and i'm like come on you gotta mean it like so yeah i mean you know it's it's like 
but you know it, it's, they're saying they're sorry because they're simply either they're caught or they're just obliged to but they're really not sorry and that's where i said to myself i was so high and mighty in my seat to, to be that person too and now i'm on the other side of the table and i desperately need help and i realized that authentic customer experience is something that we need to be promoting. It's not just customer service. It's authentic customer service. Yeah. From that, from then there on, I changed my perspective of viewing and handling customer service. Yeah. No, that, that that's amazing. And do you feel that that covers everything from the moment the customer signed up, or are you talking about like the second that there's an issue? Where where's your perceptive perception on that lead? It's not even about stages. It's because the thing is, when we're talking about authentic customer experience, we think, when should we start doing it? Yeah. When the fact is, it's not about that. It's about when should we, it's about how we should be treating people. It's how we should be acting. It's, it's, it's how we should be behaving ourselves, basically, is what it is. That's where authentic customer experiences begin. Um, let me just, um, oh, this yeah. is bothering me too much. One second. We'll, we'll hit pause and we'll go. Yep. Don't worry about it. Yep editors will take care of all yeah yeah <laughs> there you go um well it fell somewhere so i'll have my dice and take care of it okay going back <coughs> okay so um why do i say that it begins with how our behavior is because that's what authenticity is there's a difference between authenticity and just acting it out when you say to someone that you have to treat your customers this way because they're paying you that's acting it out that's asking them to behave in a specific way in exchange for something. Whereas if we talk about authentic customer experiences where we should treat the people that they weigh the way you want to be treated is because you know that that's the right thing to do. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, because whenever I hear that authentic versus acting out, it always sets up a, a, a question in my mind. And there's no, I don't feel like there's a wrong answer, but there's better right answers. Um, but <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What's the profile of the people that you hire to do that job to make sure that they are authentic versus just going through the motions? The profile that we hire is not based on a profile, but more on the culture. Okay. We, we evaluate them and we ask them, we interview them and we see how they fit the culture, um, the company that I work for, which is support yeah. Zebra. Because the culture we have within the company is very different. It's an authentic, caring, and family-oriented company. And I know that many, many people, many of our listeners out there don't believe in family, that work is a teamwork thing. You could put it in that perception too. But in our culture, in the work culture that we have, we care for one another. Yeah. We treat each other as human beings, even if it's a supervisor, a chief executive officer, a VP, no matter what the rank is, we are all human beings. And at the end of the day, we should treat each other with respect. We should treat each other with humility. We should learn how to humble ourselves because we are still yeah. people all together, all the same. So we evaluate them if they fit that culture, because if we know that they fit that culture of caring and humility and family and, and all the good stuff there, then we know that they could treat our customers right. That's amazing. Yeah. That's that I love it. You just nailed it. Skills off. can be developed. You could train people. You could teach them something. People yeah. go to school all the time. We we learn new things. But yeah. sometimes good manners and, and 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 that caring attitude, it's not something you could really teach someone. Yeah, it's hard it's to, something that one chooses to do. It's hard to retrain the sociopath. 
right? Like exactly. It's 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 hard to train what is an innate behavior. Yeah. And so sometimes we don't really evaluate people with skills unless a customer tells us this these are the profiles that we need, but we also heavily evaluate them with the culture and the fit. No, I, I hear you. I I you know what, like even if you go to the coffee shop, you know, there's the people who are just like doing the job, and then there are the people who they care to make you know that they care about your order, right? And that's yeah, you it's know, you know. A great example would be United Airlines. When I was checking my baggage on my way to Japan from uh, from New York, yeah. um, I decided to stick in my KitchenAid mixer in one of my luggages. <laughs> and that, I remember we saw that. That's right. <laughs> and uh, it was crazy because um, I stu- so I my, the name of my KitchenAid mixer is Judy Garland. Um, that's what I named her because and and yes, and my mini KitchenAid is called Liza Minnelli. But Judy Garland was stuck <laughs> in the luggage and she wasn't happy about it, so she decided to take revenge. When I pulled up the handle of my luggage, it wouldn't go back down, and I was like, "Oh my lord, what will I do about this?" And so as I was checking into United Airlines, and the airline representative was there, she was standing. It's like, "Oh no." I didn't do that. I said, I know, no, it's not you. It's me. I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do with this. Should I kick it open? Should I, you know, I don't know what to do with it. It doesn't go down. It's like, it's okay, honey. I got you. We'll just classify this as an oversized luggage, but it's free. You're good to go. Just oh, enjoy your flight awesome. to Japan. Yeah. You know, it's that experience. She could have said no. I was like, well, I didn't do that. You know, it's, well, that'd be oversized baggage, sir, but you're going to have to pay. For- no, she decided to empathize with me as a human being. It's like, I get you. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Just check this in and go to your flight enjoy your flight to japan that's what she did to me wow that's authentic customer experience right there because she knew that judy garland was inside there and i was <laughs> and she was not happy about it <laughs> so you know do you, do you know how <laughs> do you know how you repaid her you gave her what i call a thanksgiving day story when people are sitting around on thanksgiving and they're like oh let, honey let me tell you this story <laughs> <laughs> about this nice lady at United Airlines who helped me with my luggage because Judy Garland inside was complaining. So yes, <laughs> you know, it's that. It's just connecting with human to human and knowing that, look, I was in trouble. I needed yeah. help. And she tried to help me in any way that she can. Now, we didn't kick off the handle off the luggage, but then that's that right there. Yeah. You know, it's authentic customer experience or the time that I saw someone in CVS, you know, needing help with the creams because he couldn't speak English. And I said, look, I don't work for CVS, but I'd be happy to help and translate for you. What do you need? Yeah, that's that's empathy right there, which is the number one uh, thing that we look for when when hiring people and maybe they don't have the skills that we need, but we want that, we want that empathy, right? We want that, you know, you're going to go open the window when, when it's hot out or something like that, you know, that, 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 that's amazing. Wow. So, you know, I find, I find it almost funny to talk about all this authenticity and then, then switch into measurable KPIs on how do we, how do we do that? Like, are you able to, Yes. Sort of track this. I'd love to hear that because for me, I'm like, oh, that's a hard thing to do because it's a soft skill and things like that. Well, I could tell you this. Yeah. We're talking about behavior when yeah. it comes to authentic customer experiences. We're talking about behavior here. The way you behave, the way you conduct yourself, the way you want people to treat you based on how you behave is also measurable in KPI. And I think that for those of you who, who, who are listening out there, um, I encourage you for you to read the Ultimate Question 2.0. Um, this is- we'll put that um, in the notes. Yeah, Ultimate yeah, Question. Yeah, Fred Reichold. It's a wonderful book. 
that book tells you the measurable KPI on great customer service because it's also a behavior. That is, in my opinion, and so, you know, some may disagree, some might agree, but then I, I'd like to not say that I'm always correct. I'd like to humble myself. Uh, you don't have say, to, in my opinion, in my opinion, it is NPS, the net yeah. promoter score. Why is that so? Net promoter score is also based on behavior. When you treat your customers right, when you treat them well, when you treat them justly, when you treat them with what is due for them and what is right, they behave and respond the same exact way, which is the likelihood of them referring your brand or promoting your brand to people that they know. It's, it's, it's a wonderful KPI because it really measures their behavior and it talks about the authenticity of how you treated them. A classic example would be Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab, when he launched his, you know, it was his bank and his financial institution back then, he was very caring for their customers. You know, they were caring for their customers yeah. till they grew and they boomed. And all of a sudden you see all these charges and these things and customers started complaining. Customers started churning. Customers started closing their accounts. And Charles Schwab himself, um, at the time, I think he was the, he was already like a, a senior member. And I think his son was the president or the vice president. Mm -hmm. He called his son by his complete name and his son never heard that from his father before and said, son, we have a problem. Wow. said our customers are not happy we're not treating them the way that we're supposed to be treating them and so they made it a point to change that impression to make a change that was right for their customers so that they could bring in and rope in that nps that was mentioned in the ultimate question 2.0 and same with blockbuster versus netflix when blockbuster decided to not keep up with the times and charge customers with exorbitant fees versus netflix where it's like look we would give you a video streaming service that is simple to use simple charge and you would be happy with it yeah. look what happened to blockbuster now yeah they See, this is what np yeah. this is what nps talks about when when your customers behave in a specific way with the way you treating you treat them that's the measurable kpi right there that tells you how your business is going to thrive and survive this economy no absolutely and i will tell you um as we know people throw a lot of shade at nps these days um but you did. Oh, I don't. Oh. I don't because my, my normal stance on that is like I'm just glad you're tracking something, right? Like you know, so. Um, <laughs> but for this argument, you are 100% correct. It, it is is the service so good that people would refer you, and that's the original reason why it was created. I I, I used to have to deal with it back in the dot com e-commerce days, and it was like, hey, would you refer people to use this website? And if you're down, then you're like, we got to get over it, and then. And then, you know, everybody moved to CSAT and everything, but it's, if you're going to recommend somebody, that's, that's, you know, you're going to, you're going to say, I can guarantee you're going to enjoy this experience. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people think um, negatively about NPS because it seems like you're asking your, your customers to do, you know, to refer yeah. people over, but the truth is you don't have to. The purpose of NPS is just to measure that behavior. What's it's the, not about what's, telling what's them that you feeling? should. What's your vibe? Yeah, it's what yeah. you feel. And it's what you, that tells you what their lifetime value is going to be. It's going to tell you what the retention is going to look like. Because at the end of the day, business is business. You have to talk about that too, you know? And, you know, many people throw shade about that, but that's okay. But remember people, shade is meant for lounging, not for throwing, but it's okay. <laughs> 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 There's gonna be so many YouTube shorts we're gonna make out of these. This is amazing. Um, just like I can just see my my video person just slicing them all up right now. It's amazing. Um, uh, so 
um, we were talking about standard of care and going through things like that. But then when we were chatting the first time, you said well, we started on this topic that I can't think of a good transition, but I just kind of blew my mind, which was this whole you were talking about the, the KPIs and the authentic experience. And then suddenly we're talking about failed payment recovery and how they're. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's so notorious because um, the other term for failed payment recovery back then was collections, collections. which people love that word. AP, my accounts yes, payable. Accounts payable, recovery, underwriting, skip tracing. I was oh, there before. That's a good one. Yep. Right. And people somewhat, they're, it's, it's crazy. What is failed payment recovery? Failed payment recovery is simply um, another term for collections, but in a more friendly and just manner. Instead of handling people to give you their credit card or, or checking information or a check, you know, why don't you kindly tap into them and, you know, ask what the situation is? Because that's a completely different story right here. Um, when we talk about a subscription, when we say you have a store where you every month supply razors or shaving creams or um, your beauty products, um, many a time some of your customers forget to update their card. Some yeah. of them change their card, you know? I mean, identity theft in the United States is still prevalent. And so sometimes they have to replace their card. Yeah. Last week, my friend was just charged $400 on her chase card for a transaction in canada we don't know what it was but you know she had to block her card immediately yeah. um or simply because some people have uh, forgotten to lower their card with funds and so sometimes the pay the payment would fail what is the best way to follow up with these people well let me ask you this jeff maybe you would um you would notice this what do you feel like about receiving an email saying that your payment has failed but it's from an automated email you know like netflix or from amazon I would you really take notice i think it's spam and i just i say if it's exactly really, if it's really serious it's going to come back or my my service is going to get shut down so yeah exactly you're oh you I'm a little bit more of a procrastinator it, like that i will admit but you know, <coughs> you know. yeah that's okay though we're not judges i'm also a great procrastinator myself i shopped for my personal items from the philippines on the very last day before my flight well that was a good experience people were looking at them all anyway um you see that's that you tend to ignore the email or you tend to think it's spam because again it couldn't look like it's spam um but what if it's this? I personally send you a note saying, Jeff, hey, my name is Daniel. I'm from Netflix. I'm your personal account manager. Just wanted to check in with you because I noticed that a card um, did not go through Netflix. Would you probably pay attention to that email? Yes. It, 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 the element of, of, of uh, personal communication versus automated makes my attention perk up. Exactly, right? That's the thing with failed payment recovery. You don't have to have people through an automated email and you also don't have to be unkind when you follow up with them. Yeah. Say, hey, look, I noticed that your credit card didn't go through or your credit card has expired. Would you like to go in and replace that? By doing failed payment recovery, you're able to follow through with those customers that normally churn because they did not just know. You know, it's, it's simply because they didn't know or they procrastinated. Yeah. You get to increase their lifetime value there. But at the same time, failed payment recovery also opens another realm of addressing any customer concerns that are that exist like sometimes they say oh yeah I, I do remember that I just really didn't enjoy the product it seems like I countered this this and this yeah then you could give them a white glove service that you didn't expect you'd be giving them yeah you know sometimes customer service nowadays it's it's really reactive it's more on the side of where um yeah sure we'll, we'll respond to you if you have any problems but what about if you treat them like VIPs 
wouldn't they be happier customers? I get that a lot with AT&T um, here in Mexico. Um, I have AT&T um, here and um, there's a, another competitor called Telcel and Movistar. And both Movistar and Telcel were okay. Um, I, I must say they're cheaper than AT&T. AT&T is more expensive. Yeah. But the thing about AT&T that drew me to them was the level of service that they gave to me. The way that they would follow up with me after I made an order. They would tell, say, hey, are you okay with your plan? Is there anything we can help you with? Are you happy with the service? I got that white glove treatment from them versus Telcel and Movistar. And that's why I see with AT&T, even if they're more expensive. Right. No, that's, it's a huge thing right there. And it, also from a company that large, like they don't have to do that. Right. And I don't think I get that from, from Verizon who I go through as well too. And I just had to get a new phone because my last one was dying. And uh, yeah, that was very transactional, very transactional. Right, so it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's about those things, those small things about following through. Um, when I used to be a contractor for AT&T in the United States, um, I personally made it my commitment that if I tell my customer that I'll be following through with them, if they had a problem, I will follow through with them. And so I would, I would ask for a special um, time from our workforce to say, could you just give me five minutes? I need to call this customer, make sure they're okay. And that's what I did. Yeah, you know, it's it's about following through with them and just making make, making them feel like we do care for them that they are a VIP. Because at the end of the day, our customers are our true VIPs in our in our business. We cannot exist without them. So, do you any type of tiering with in, within your company of like these people are VIP, but these people are or is everybody a VIP that signs up? To me, everybody was a VIP. If you needed extra attention, if you needed extra help, I will give you that follow up call. I wanted to make sure everything is okay. You know, it's 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 not about because they're a high-paying customer that they're a VP. It's never that. When they need help and when you need to follow through with them, you keep that commitment. You follow through with them, and and even, it's not just AT and T. Like um, providers like T-Mobile as well, mm -hmm. they actually have a follow-through system. When you put a follow-through in their account, you have to follow up. It's 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 a commitment that they take very seriously too. Interesting. I wonder if they had a lot of churn and they found that's one area where they can help out. And if they did that, then it's going to get turned around or they just felt great and they wanted to do it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that it, it is something that they were very um, committed to, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> so now people may have their, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I like to look at the good side of things. That's great. So um, this has been great. Um, I, I never really get this perspective and everything. Um, I really appreciate you jumping on and talking about just tell everybody a little bit of what you're doing right now for Support Zebra and everything. Yeah, Support Zebra is a company that helps people scale their customer service teams. That's basically what it is. Yeah. We help you grow your customer service team. When you have problems scaling, when you have problems with performance, when you have problems with recruitment, we do that for you. We take care of that piece for you because not only do you get a dedicated customer service team, you get an infrastructure behind the scenes right. that help you manage and maintain the customer service team. That's what Support Zebra does. If you have any questions about what your customer service needs, about what your customer service should be implementing, about what your team should be implementing in terms of performance management, feel free to reach out to me. I'm not really gonna sell you anything hardcore unless you permit me to do so. <laughs> but you know, no, the point is I wanna have a real life conversation with you and just share best practices. Yeah. And so whether it is you're interested to learn more about Support Zebra or you're just interested to learn more about best practices, I'm here to be a mentor. I could also be, uh, be here to, um, I'm also here to be a persistent sales rep. So pick one of the two or pick both, it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So I, I have been asking where, where 
people are doing for their, you know, um, for like their winter activities, but I think your travel is much more fascinating. So I'd love to hear like what your next month's worth of travel is right now. Yes, so I will be going to Colombia um, this coming summer, uh, just to dance some, I, I'm going to dance some cumbia and just enjoy the food there down in Colombia. And then after uh, midsummer going into, um, after summer going into autumn, I will be in San Diego in Dallas, Texas, enjoying myself some barbecue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, some of that good barbecue with my brother. And then going into the winter season, I will be flying back to New York because New York is still my number one love. Um, I'll be in Chelsea. Um, yes, oh, I just like to travel around. That's, and connect that's with where I hang out. That's that's where I always make sure I stay in Chelsea when I'm in New York, right? So it's just my favorite. yes. Get up a pie hot dog while you're in Chelsea. Oh, that's I will my... definitely you know, <laughs> be the first. Yeah. So yeah. And I don't know if you know the Seinfeld of the Papaya King, but you're like a, a huge, huge fan. So absolutely. There you go. <laughs> Great. Well, Jeff, if you need anything else, you know where to find me. Uh, people could also find me on LinkedIn. My name is Daniel Paduya. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Do you have any anything else you wanted to cover? I think that's amazing. As I said, we're trying to keep these just laser focused and everything. And this has been awesome. You've been funny. Um, I'll make sure to grab your LinkedIn and put any links that we need to do in the show notes and everything. Just hold on for one quick second. We'll stop the recording and we'll chit chat for a, for a second or two after. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks a ton.